Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. It's Felger and Matt. Oh, stupid, my oh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Sky Moore is back there deep. He muffed three punts early in the season. Lost the job on the uh, return game for a good part of the season, but Andy Reid showing a lot of faith in the rookie as Christman's going to send it his way. At the 20, he's going to take off. Takes off, and this is why he's out there. That's Sky Moore near the 50. One of these guys has to step up. We said, kept him, somebody. They're doing a good job on Kelsey's special teams, and that's it. That's going to put you in position. Only need a player or two to have a chance. Wow, this was it. 27-yard run back, and one of the key blocks was Joshua Williams who's been playing full-time duty for Snead on defense. Comes up with a big block to help spring more on that return, the longest of the season for the Chiefs. All right, hi, everybody. Welcome into the program. Why do we play that? That was the punt return that set up the Chiefs' final drive and the Patrick Mahomes scramble and the late hit that won them the AFC Championship. So why do we play that punt return? I'll tell you in a second. First, let me tell you where we're at. We're at Encore Boston Harbor at the WinBet Sportsbook. Big Jim Murray alongside. Uh, Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal alongside. How you boys doing? Good. Hey guys. Okay, so it is a Big Boy Tuesday. Big Boy Tuesdays are brought to you by Uber Eats. All right, if you haven't ordered with Uber Eats before, you'll want to give it a try right now because first-time users can get a $30 off each of their first three orders prize with promo code hub again promo code hub at uber eats will get you thirty dollars off each of your first three times by my math that's 90 i think that's 90 murray but you know don't quote <laughs> us on that that's a good nice little incentive to use uber eats and promo code hub just enter that promo code once it'll stay added to your account for your first three orders taxes and fle- uh, fees apply no fleas but taxes and fees apply See the Uber Eats app for availability. Greg Bedard, why do we play that cut? Why do we focus on that punt return from that AFC Championship game? What's your big takeaway from the weekend? That the in-game coaching is just, it's fallen off. I mean, I just think these guys who are buried in their play sheets, and that includes Andy Reid. I mean, because he made mistakes in the game before halftime. You know, him not getting the the clock down to the two-minute warning and and managing the game there. These guys don't manage the game anymore. And really, this 
speaks to how the Patriots have fallen off because when Bill had things wired around here, when he had veteran coordinators, especially like in his heyday with like Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Scotty O'Brien or Brad Seeley on special teams, I mean, you are talking about some of the elite coaches, coordinators in the league, and that allowed Bill to just sit back there and manage the game and make the Patriots that much better than you know say their their overall talent was and as bill has sort of devolved into i just want to be comfortable i want to be around my guys he's not preparing for coaches to go out the door he leaves guy he puts guys in the position that they're not prepared for it's it's exposed him and especially this year you know from what i was told bill spent a majority of his time during the week I know Burt Breer has talked about more on game day as well. A majority of his time has been with the offense, and therefore, therefore he wasn't spending time on special teams. And guess what? They dropped to the bottom of the league this year. The defense, while good statistically, were they, you know, are we talking about, like, traditional Patriots defenses against good offenses where you're like, oh, well, Bill's going to have something for them. This game, they're going to eliminate the top target. They don't even do that anymore. So, Bill has has let himself down in terms of what he used to do, and that has led to the Patriots sort of going down. So the bit. Patriots have lost one of their big advantages, which yep. is Belichick in-game against these other schlubs, and now the Pats don't even have that advantage because Bill's stretched too thin. That's basically what you're saying. Basically. Okay. So, you know, I mean, let's go over some examples from the weekend, and we're going to keep talking football, folks. It's a big boy Tuesday, so for the next two hours, wall-to-wall football. If you want to join us, there are phone lines open at 617-779-0985. Before I go forward, Murray, do you concur? I do. I yeah. mean, don't you look at these games and go, Belichick would never do that. Belichick would never do that. Belichick would never do that. Well, except, in the past, but well, except now Belichick would do these kind of things. This is the thing. Well, and, Belichick can't even get to this round. Yeah, So, like, right. what, So, like, what good is it if Belichick can't even make the playoffs or win playoff games, you know, I, I just, I, I find myself doing this. It's like, boy, that was stupid by Shanahan. Boy, that was stupid by Zach Taylor. Boy, Andy Reid is still kind of not very dialed in. Boy, these coaches are stupid. And then, but the, the next thing is, like, Belichick would never do that. And then you, the next in the next breath, it's like, well, Belichick can't even get here. So what's the point? Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's gotten lazy, and the whole thing's gotten too loose. And in that particular play, Greg, I think you wanted to point it out, too, because I was I thought that was, like, sneaky huge for the Bengals, for that, how stupid that was for them to punt right down the middle. 38, 40 seconds left. You set the Kansas City Chiefs right up, like, punted out of bounds. And that's something you would see, like, the Patriots do at this point, because like, it's all too loose, and Bill doesn't have his hand in special teams anymore. Without question. I thought the, you know, everybody wanted to blame Osai. That decision to punt there in the middle of the field, and, and I, you know, I've heard from people, and even Romo said it on the telecast, well, this is a rookie, he's been shaky. And they're like, well, you want to make him field it. Well, I mean, okay, what if he catches the ball? What if he's caught, like, 80%? So you're, you're kicking to him in the middle of the field because you think he's going to drop it? Like, you can also do that along the sideline. And that play, that punt return was 29 yards. The Osai penalty was 15 yards. So, so Zach Taylor right there, in my mind, that decision gave the Chiefs the shot for where Osai screwed up. If I thought that Zach Taylor had a much bigger screw up on that drive than Osai did, and and that's just that's just basic stuff. I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I think the Chiefs had one timeout left, but there were 41 seconds left. When you punt, you punt along the sideline at the very least. 
You pin him there. You want him to catch it? Okay. I want him to catch it two or three yards from the sideline. Maybe he fumbles it to us. Maybe he muffs it. But at the very least, you know, they had the ball at like the 30. Now they have one timeout in 41 seconds. And Butker's distance to that side, he wasn't kicking it over 50 yards. So they got to go a ways. And for them just to kick it down the middle of the field, a line drive, that's just bad coaching. And that's what cost the Bengals that game. Okay, so what else? Uh, you know, in the Eagles-Niners game, a lot of people focused, I did too, on Shanahan not challenging that catch by Devontae Smith on the opening drive. I, I thought that was egregious and ridiculous. Why he didn't challenge it, or at least call a timeout and look at it for another, if you didn't want to burn a challenge, you only get two, I get it. So call a timeout. Like, you shouldn't be hoarding timeouts on fourth down plays in the first half if you got to have it. But you, you thought there was another bad decision by Shanahan in that game. Yeah, I thought the, 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 the drive before halftime, okay? I mean, it is 14-7 to 7 at that point. You've let, you know you've lost your quarterback, that you don't have one. So all of a sudden, Josh Johnson, who's you know barely been on the team half a year, how many reps has he gotten? All of a sudden now you're, you're rushing to you know, get points before halftime when you know you get the ball coming out of halftime? Like there's no way. Bill Belichick in his prime, there's no way Bill pushes that issue there. I mean, even remember the Super Bowl, the 2001 Super Bowl, you know, I think it was a Weiss or Belichick basically said like, Hey, you know, be conservative here. And Bledsoe was the one who's like, go out there that. and sling it. Go yeah. out there and sling it. But, you know, in that instance, Belichick definitely, if he was in the same situation, if it was Brock, per, I mean, um, Josh Johnson or Bailey Zappi yeah. in there, there's no way Bill goes for points knowing he gets the ball coming out of halftime. At the, you at least have to start using your, using, you have to run the clock, make them use their timeouts, say, all right, the, the worst we're going to do. The worst we're going to come out of here is down 14-7, to 7 and we get the ball back. How do we do that? You have to look at the end, and you have to manage the game that way. And he just completely found to go for First of all, it was an aggressive pass on first down. He's lucky that wasn't picked off. And then all of a sudden he rushes up. Josh Johnson drops the ball, turns the ball over. Now the game's over. So just because of Kyle Shanahan's decision, the game is now essentially over where as a coach you have to manage the game be like all right this is where we're all let's get in the halftime how do we need to adjust our game plan for josh johnson what are we going to do on defense to sort of tilt things a little bit more and let's come out let's score coming out and now we can make it a four-quarter game and you never know what's going to happen and instead shanahan just reverted back because he's buried in his play sheet he's not thinking about the totality of the game and he says well we got to get points here we have to we have to get you know a field goal, and then a touchdown, and we'll, we'll take the lead coming out. No. Where is your team right now? How do you need to manage the game? And, and too many of these coaches are just failing at that. I now. so agree. I mean, I, I've felt this way for a long time, and I always felt that was Bill's big advantage. He wasn't buried in a play sheet. He didn't have to call plays. Think about a drive starter when the offense was off the field or the next blitz on the next third down. He could manage the game, and and you've lost that advantage. So, so as I look at these guys now, and I think it's a big problem, I, I now I ask you this, Greg. If you were starting a team and going forward, who would you have as coach? Kyle Shanahan or Bill Belichick? Uh, who would you have, Zach Taylor or Bill Belichick? Who would you have, this Nick Sirianni or Bill Belichick? I would definitely have Shanahan. I mean, again, as Bel you know, Belichick as he is right now, what we know of him right. today. Today. Not, not, you know, what he was 20 years ago, not what he was 10 years ago. I'm not talking about ranking Hall of Fame careers. I'm talking about what bill is right now and how he is managing his football team at this stage of his career 
versus all these other whippersnappers who I frankly don't even like myself. But who would I have to take? Would I have to take Bill Belichick or one of these freaking knobs? I'd take a knob. I'd take one of these knobs. I think I'd take a knob just because they have youth on their side. Not to sound like an ageist, but I think that this is now becoming a problem for Bill. But it's not just that. They they run modern offenses, and they they it's really all about the offense, and they all sort of run this offense now that's taken over the league and is effective in the league, and players know how to play, and I don't know. Maybe there's something about how they relate to their players or something. I think that's definitely a big part of it. Because for the most part, you know, these guys want to play for Shanahan. And I, I can't speak as much for Taylor or Sirianni. I mean, maybe that's more about Burrow or whatever, but I don't know. I, given, I mean, I don't like the way they manage games. I'm with you. I watch it. But it's like, would I take Belichick at 71 with the way he's managing his operation over one of these guys? I don't think I would. Well, I, 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 I would take definitely the younger guys, but I, if I was the owner, I would make them put a veteran head coach like on staff just as a consultant just somebody around there to shoot things off of you know help in game management I i'm really surprised and maybe it's just because he wants to be his own guy but like you know mike shanahan he stopped coaching he got pushed out sort of like you know he was in sort of the prime of his career like i don't understand why kyle doesn't have his dad there like at least on a headset hey you, all right you're worried about the plays let me tell you about you know game management here i, I those guys need a little bit more help but, or that would yeah. take humility in Kyle Shanahan's case. He probably looks at it as like, I don't want my dad hovering over me. I don't well, like the optics of it. It's that, and Kyle Shanahan does everything there. I mean, people like to say John Lynch is the GM, but it's really Kyle Shanahan makes all the decisions. He is the offensive Bill Belichick of this time, and you know, it's just he. Kyle should look at what Bill did in his prime when he had really good veteran multi-year coordinators who knew how to manage it bill would just stand there with his arms crossed looking at the other coach and figuring out how to manage the game so and instead of shanahan's just like this and he's just losing sight of everything so we're gonna talk football with greg next couple hours with you at 617-779-0985 again we'll spend all day picking apart these coaching decisions by these freaking dorks <laughs> seriously <laughs> And I, I feel the same. I look at him like the, Belichick would never do So we can sit here and complain about all these guys. But then I ask you, you want one of those guys? Would the Patriots be better off with one of those guys versus the 71-year-old Bill Belichick who just keeps installing his kids and his friends in positions of power and, you know, sort of sending the thing in the wrong direction? What do you want? All right, well, that, that, that's one of the topics. We'll come back with you and your calls. Felger and Maz here from Encore Boston Harbor. Felger and Maz. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in nursing into your busy day. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Balance online coursework and in-person, local clinical, practicum, or immersion hours as you work towards graduation while leaving room for what matters. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Remember that? The next time you put your box jersey on. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. The first down play sets the tone for a two-minute drive. Ball is bobbled and it's on the ground and loose. Who's going to get it? He just dropped it. I mean, that was a good snap. The Eagles have it. Wow. And it's Reddick who's got the two sacks and the strip sack recovers the fumble. You're going to see this ball hits him. Right in the hands, he just takes his eyes off of it, trying to get his eyes on his progression, and instead of just falling on it, kind of bumping.
fumbles it around. It gets kicked, and Hassan Reddick is able to wrestle it free. And that is the worst case. That is a nightmare for the San Francisco 49ers going into halftime. That's a big second guess from Bedard. Kyle Shanahan pushing for points there with Josh Johnson and the shotgun throwing just before the half. Cost him another seven points and probably the ball game. My big second guess is how unprepared Josh Johnson was. It's like, good God. I mean, it was just pathetic. The delay of games, couldn't get the plays in, dropping that easy snap. Right, even if that was too aggressive. I mean, he wasn't prepared for that moment. Josh Johnson's not ready there. So either way, it's on Kyle Shanahan. So I'll pick apart Kyle. I see everything you all see with Kyle Shanahan in big games. He gets his team to big games. I mean, I, I looked it up last night. I think, you know, just the last three years, I think he's 33 and 22, including the playoffs, with two conference title game appearances. With quarterbacks you hate, but no quarterback play, really, according to you people. So it's 33 and 22 with two conference championship game appearances. Belichick is 25 and 26 with not one playoff win. So it's like, I'm supposed to take Bill over him? No, and I get it. And look, I don't like Shanahan either. Look, they know how to build a team better. They've drafted better. They know how to find wide receivers. They found Debo Samuel. They see Debo Samuel. They found Brandon Ayuk. Like, they, Patriots can't do that, you know, not in recent years. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I mean, how long are you going to hold on to what belichick's you know previous resume versus what's happening in front of your eyes so i don't know i mean and i, I do it's a problem i think the game management across the league blows and it should be a big advantage for belichick i still think he should have that as long as he's not stretched too thin well anyway that's the topic we'll take football calls here with greg bedard and we are again at the encore boston harbor at the win sports bat chris on the cape why don't you lead us off go ahead chris uh, hey mike i just i really have a quick question from greg and it's about the Herald article. I know, Greg, you and others have reported or you had sources that say what happened behind the scenes this year. It was, like, really, really bad. But you couldn't comment on them specifically and things like that, which I understand. But now that this article is out, like, can you comment on the things that were in this article, the, hor the really bad things you were talking about? Or was it worse beyond the article and things you still can't comment on? And just sort of your overall thoughts on all of that, Greg. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, well, um, I mean, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, the way I do my job, I mean, just because the Herald reported something doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to be comfortable reporting something. It's, you know, when I decide to report something, it's because I have it from multiple sources and I have it cold and, and that it really, you know, establishes new ground. I didn't think that, um, you know, really sort of highlighting Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as being incompetent was really new ground. I think it's something that we, I mean, frankly, I've been talking about since May. That I had been hearing things and, and you know what we saw on the practice field and and things like that, um, you know just in general, not in regards to the story because the you know Andrew and Karen did a great job you know with their story reporting uh, what they did and some of the some of the quotes were uh, fantastic. The 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 Bill Eftus quote is I give my left arm for that quote. So good job by them getting that quote. I just think. I just think it's you can't tell the story of the 2022 Patriots, especially their offense, unless Bill Belichick is the central figure in it because he is the central figure. It, it wasn't just he put these guys in that position and, oh, well, oh, oh, well, Bill screwed up. No. Why did he do it? What was his role once the season was going and he's there? 
He saw what was going on. He saw the way the players were reacting. Where was he? What was he doing? Why didn't he fail to adjust? You know, those are, the, to me, the essential questions about this year that need to be answered. Quite frankly, I don't have all those answers. I wish that I did. I hope that I do at some point. But I do like to give, in general, I like to give things a little uh, breathing room, you know, for people to make changes. You know, because I do think things get easier to, it, things get easier to report once people leave, once people are changed out of jobs, once people think they were wronged, you know, they have asked the ground, you know, yes, that yes. sort of thing. That's when you, you get know, where, you know, That's, when you that's where eating. the dirt comes from. And one of my, one of my questions going forward is, and I don't think we'll ever know the, the answer to this question, is because of the Herald story, and they did a great job, but there's no question in my mind. I mean, if you read it, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. But Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are basically like run over with a bus, especially oh, yeah. Joe Judge. Yes. Now, my question is, and I don't know the answer to this, does that get Bill's backup? Because, Mike, you know. Of course. You know there have been things that all of us have reported. As soon as everyone says someone's got to go, Bill's like, F you. You're not going anywhere. I, I decide that, not you. And I wonder if I wonder if the story gets Bill's backup and makes him keep guys on staff that maybe he was because I was hearing that people thought that Matt Patricia was going to be gone is he going to be gone now I don't know interesting we've got uh, Joe and uh, Barrington go ahead Joe hey what's up guys hey you mentioned the Bengals the Niners and the Eagles those guys all have general managers you know I know that we got Mayo who split up I know we got Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator any chance that we'll hire a legitimate standalone general so, manager, particularly going into the draft this year? And I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Thank you. Okay, so I don't know if you need a general manager more as much as I feel like they've kind of done it already where Kraft keeps talking about the collaboration in the front office and the draft process. It feels like that's gotten more collaborative. I don't need a GM, but it, it just saying this. So you're saying Kyle Shanahan's really the GM there. Yep. Is, 100%. Is McVay really the GM with the Rams and Sneed just sort of does what he wants? Uh, not as much. I think I think less has. I think they share equal power. Yeah. And less sort of runs the personnel, but obviously he wants. It's at the behest of McVeigh. But I, I think I think Snead makes the final call on personnel. Okay. Well, I mean, I think they've already sort of been tinkering with that the last couple of years, don't you? I, I do. I mean, do, what they did in this 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 last draft. I mean, drafting Cole Strange where they did, and also Tyquan Thornton. I mean, I I don't mind the players. I just think they were early. It just seemed like everything was out of character for the Patriots. I mean, you know, they went for speed, and they literally, like, went for speed guys, the guys who were the fastest at their position, including a guard. And <laughs> so, to me, this draft uh, looked like a, a, a definite departure. You know, you just wonder if, you know, Macro, you know, is he ready for that type of role? I mean, I think he's getting good players. Is he getting good enough players for their slots? We'll see. Here's uh, John in Connecticut. Go, John. Hey, guys. Hey, Greg, do you think that Belichick wanted to hire O'Brien all the time, but he had a wait a year, so he thought he could see Patricia and Judge could, like, tread water and just wait for him? And the I'll stop you with that. God, I hate this Hell one. No. I hate it, no. too. I, I And I wrote a column on this on Boston Sports Journal towards the end of the year where people this was going on and where people were saying this. Like, if... There are so many, there's so many different variables to this, but like, if 
say Bill wanted to do this. Say part of this was his master plan, and him and Billy on the side, and and you know Nick was involved. They basically said like, look, I gotta I gotta coach for uh, Saban for two years, but then I'll be available. If he was going to do that, you do not do what you just did this year. You don't a throwaway he, year. He basically <laughs> yes, you don't change the scheme and change the blocking and you know just basically waste a year and and you know subject guys to injuries and and you know their injury risk and all that just the way that they did it you don't if you do that then you just promote Nick Cayley and hope that he leaves after a year or you know it, it's frankly just the opposite he he put those guys in cuz he doesn't want to have to reset at coordinator every year and he thought those guys were so loyal they'd be going nowhere he wanted it to succeed he thought it was going to succeed and he thought he wouldn't have to start over this year with a new guy or anything like that it's just the opposite. He thought it was going to work. And let me tell you, if the owner wasn't breathing down his neck, he might bring them all back. Oh, he wanted it to work. I mean, he wanted Matt Patricia to succeed him. You know, it keeps everybody in place, the whole Belichick ecosystem down there, beyond Bill, his kids. Everything stays intact if Matt Patricia goes into that role and he's really good. <laughs> so, I, but fans just want to, of course, it's always a master plan, right? Yeah. Chess check is being, yeah. Being uh, being <laughs> being under 500 for three years and not winning a playoff game since Brady walked out the door was all just a big setup for whatever's coming and potentially ruining your quarterback. Yeah. is all important second Great. year. Just keep doing that thing. <laughs> Seriously, uh, we continue with your calls. Open lines at six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five three up three down from conference championship weekend. Also coming your way right after Murray gets you updated. Now more of Felger and Mad. Now on 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 the sports hub. And now, it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, three up, three down with Bedad from Conference Championship Weekend. It's brought to you, as usual, by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with a triple distilled, triple cast matured, and triple blended Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Big Jim Murray, obviously, watching all the games as well. He'll be chiming in with his three studs, three duds from the conference title games. Greg, who is your number one star from the weekend? Patrick Mahomes. I mean, for him to do what he did. Do me a favor. I, I, D does Greg sound right? You, you sound a little far away, even though it's right by your mouth. Try there, it again. Yeah. Hello, hello. Oh, no, that's even worse. Keep twisting. Keep talking. How's that? Hello, check. hello. There it that's is. a little better. Yeah, check one. Sibilance, sibilance. Hello out there. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Pat Mahomes, one leg, losing receivers left and right. He still did what he did. I mean, it was just it was incredible stuff against a good team, a good defense. Uh, that He just kept losing guys, and he just found I heard you guys talking about it yesterday. I think you're exactly right about you know how these elite elite guys just raise the level of everybody else linebacker hassan reddick philadelphia eagles he was a menace and it was in the backfield time and again what, is he, that number seven yeah he, oh, well it helps that they keep trying to block him with backup tight ends true, I mean, but he knocked out brock purdy he was all over the place that was a big free agent signing for them from carolina he was he was awesome in that game he was number one for me okay number two star there but dad chris jones the chief's defensive tackle that guy is just incredible pff had him for 10 pressures in two sacks in that game and you know yeah yes it was against the Bengals offensive line and, the, and they're dealing with a lot of injury issues but 
Uh, I, I loved how Jones uh, said that uh, Spagnolo, you know, because they played in the regular season, on purpose they left Jones in one spot in the regular season game and then moved him all over the place. They saved it for the postseason, knowing that they would probably see them and they used that, and the Bengals had no answers for it. I like it. Patrick Mahomes, for me, got it out on the bad ankle, which, you know, the quarterback here can't do. Uh, and the dart to Scantling really sealed it. Like, that was – look, it wasn't his best performance of all time, but for the way he played in that game, I thought he was excellent. Greg, is it fair for people to say, look at Mahomes on his ankle and Mac Jones on his? Uh, no, I, I don't. And I know I've heard Murray, you know, having <laughs> his fun with it, which, which he's known to do. Um, you know, first of all, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if Pat Mahomes had what – I mean, there's no way he had what Mac Jones had, and he played that way. I, he must have had, like, a regular ankle sprain. I think it was a little bit enhanced, what they were saying. Or but, I, if, it, if, if you could also say this. If it were week eight, is right. Patrick Mahomes coming back in six days or seven days to play a game, or is he going to take a couple off to rest the ankle? Well, and here's the other thing. Remember, there were reports that week after the injury, Mike Giardi, I think, reported that Mac Jones was telling teammates not to rule him out. I think Mac Jones wanted to play. He wanted to push the issue, but I think the Patriots yeah, took it out of his hands and said, no, you need to be down for at least a month so that you know we can so you can last the season or it's the coaches saying enough of this baby we want zappy we got the fever number three star greg <laughs> uh the philly o-line they only gave up five pressures in the game i mean that that offensive line is just absurd it's why i think I, why i right now give the edge to the eagles is just because i think their offensive line is incredible it really is and lane johnson will be a little bit more healthy i mean from the left tackle kelsey at the center the lane johnson at right tackle i mean these guys are, you know, how I would build a team. You got to build it in the trenches. You know, you got to take care of your guy. Chris Jones, you know, what Hassan Reddick did for the Eagles, that's what he did for the Chiefs. He was also a menace in the backfield and harassing Burrow all day. I thought he was awesome. Three duds. Number one. Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, he was definitely in the in the tougher spot, and they, they were the longer bet. And, you know, all things being equal, they probably lose to the Eagles. But he had a chance to really show – what kind of coach that he is and again he failed i mean it's just repeatedly you know whether it was you know the the patriots super bowl or his own super bowl and then there's also you know his scheme like how many guys and, and it's not all his fault i don't want to pile on shanahan to say it's his scheme i think some of it's just been bad luck and i think he just he doesn't have much luck for whatever reason but he's got to look at this and the amount of injuries that he's had He's got to change some things. Like, you can't just go, well, we got to get five guys out in a route. Like, he's got to prioritize quarterback health a little bit more going forward. And I think he's just failing to manage a lot of big-picture things. Kyle Shanahan, and I'll sum it up like this. That head with that flat-brim hat of his is right up his keister. <laughs> okay. That's a hat commentary there. Now, number two, Dud. Uh, the Bengals' right guard and right tackle, Sharping and Adenije. 16 pressures, five sacks. Oh allowed yet yeah, yes they're backups but uh they, they were awful uh kyle shanahan responsible for my number two josh johnson panicked in over his head unprepared what a, i mean absolute incompetent that fumble ball ah keep it away from me oh my god ah! seriously number three greg zach taylor for the decision to punt the way they did he he's the head coach 
He cannot let that happen. It cannot happen in that situation. Might be dumb to mention him, considering it was a blowout win, but I'm going to. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was that great. And based he on wasn't. that performance, I don't think he's he's still throwing the ball correctly or right because of that shoulder injury. And if I was an Eagles fan, I would look, fan, I would look at him as the weak link in the Super Bowl. Greg, what did you learn about, or what did you uh, not learn, but what, what was reaffirmed to you watching this weekend about trench play? I mean, you just, that that's where the games won and lost. The, the biggest games come down to, can you protect your quarterback? Can you can you open up holes in the running game? And you know, can you can you affect the passer? You know, without having to bring bring blitzes all the time. I mean, you really have to you have to be really good in the trenches on both sides to to go far in this league. And you think the Eagles have that? I do. I think they're they're the best blend. I mean, if if this holds true, you know, unless Patrick Mahomes is just otherworldly, like we've seen Brady in the past be against you know pretty good uh, defensive lines. I think that the Eagles, the Eagles had the best offensive line. They had the best defensive line left in the playoffs, and and they should win because of that. That team get you hot. It, it does. I mean, they are <laughs> they're a complete team. I mean, you know, a lot of people. You're just talking about Hurts. Like, I don't think Hurts is that great. I think that he's in a really, really good situation. You know, sort of like Brock Purdy was. You know, with the Niners when you know they had things going. Uh, I, I think that Hurts is a lot better than him. But, you know, look, Hurts is a guy who at Alabama, they basically told him to leave because they didn't think he could throw. You know, and, yeah, he went to Oklahoma and he threw a little bit. But, you know, he has the best situation. The offensive line, the running game, the talent on the outside, and a really good defense, I think he, I think this team makes him look better than he is. Okay, so trench play, line play, uh, you, you know Bedard would feel that way, but it's true. And you know it, too. We all know it. So how, you just don't like to talk about it. Well, yeah, right. It's not interesting to talk <laughs> about. Sexy. That's all. But uh, I don't. I, I don't. Definitely don't deny the importance of the offensive line. It's it's huge, and and both sides of the line for that matter. I acknowledge it. So how far away are the Patriots? How far away are the Patriots in that regard? I want to hit on that with Greg, and we're picking apart these coaching decisions from the weekend, and still all these bad bozo coaching decisions. Zach Taylor, Kyle Shanahan were three of uh, Greg's duds from the weekend. Would you still take them over Bill Belichick? And your phones at 617-779-0985. Long commercial-free segment is next. You're listening to Felger and Maz on the Sports Hub. Ah, stop hitting me! Huh? Stop hitting me! It's Felger and Maz. Oh, I'm sorry. That's next door. It's being hit on the head lessons in here. 98.5, the Sports Hub. 69% on the year on fourth down. Fourth best in the NFL. 83. Hurts. Runs out of the pocket. Looking for a deep Devontae Smith. One-hander. It's the end. He's got it. First and goal. Philadelphia. Well, a huge catch by Devontae Smith, and it turns out it looks like the Eagles got away with one. Let's bring in Mike Pereira. Mike, looking at all these different angles, what do you think? Well, he's clearly going to the ground, Kevin. Ball hits the ground. He's got to maintain control, but you see him lose control there. Had that been challenged, it would have been overturned to an incomplete pass. That's why he said to hurry up, and Philadelphia got to the line right away, and, you know, there you go. They get away with it. That's a big play on a fourth down and three, by the way. So that was, again, a big coaching second guess as well. Shanahan not challenging that. And the more I think of it, he didn't have to challenge it because you do have a finite number of challenges. You get two. You get them both right. You get a third. But still, you want to preserve your challenges. If you haven't seen a replay that shows you it might have been out and you don't want to burn a challenge, fine. Then you burn a timeout and look at the replays. Look at all the replays that are available. 
And you're all, it's again, it's the first half. You don't have to hoard timeouts in the first half like you do the second. The second, you need to be more judicious. That's a different, it's a different decision for me. But I feel like they were just completely out to lunch, period, on that. I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I think it's a good point that you make about, you know, it being the first half and, you know, who cares? You can deal with timeouts. And, right. you know, it's probably tough to, you know, use one of your challenges so early. Um, but, you know, that's, again, this is another way I think that Shanahan fails is that he doesn't have, as far as I know, and Bert would probably know more about this, but whether he has, like, a game management guy. Like, there should be a guy in the booth, and I think a lot of teams fail on that. They should have just somebody focused on game management, somebody watching, like, all right, that was close, watching Devontae Smith's reaction to it. Hey, he thinks he didn't catch it. you got to throw the challenge flag here. That it was fourth down. If it was third down, okay. Right. I see not, but that it was fourth down, then you got to throw the flag. Yeah, especially considering where they were on the field, too. Like, you have to. And so on that, too, do the Chiefs have one, Greg? Do you know? A guy? Because... I thought the first challenge by Andy Reid on what the Chiefs ended up settling for three on, I couldn't believe he called that. That was a like what that was yeah was that that uh, looked like a t- it, it looked Judy? Like a, no 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 not Judy. What's his name? Juju Smith Schuster. No 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 no. Who dropped the ball that you're talking about? The well keep going. Well either way, it was early. It was in the first quarter. It looked like a touchdown for like a half second. But as soon as you looked at any kind of replay, like oh he automatically like he dropped it. The ball kind of moved. And he still threw the challenge flag. So even I thought that was dumb. So I question whether or not the Chiefs have a guy that's maybe calling down. That felt that felt way that felt dumb to call that at that time. Yeah, I don't see anybody on their roster that would uh, fit that bill. But you know, I, I just don't understand that in this day and age where you know these guys are so wrapped up. A lot of these teams are so wrapped up in analytics and things like that that you don't just also if you ha- if you have a head coach if you don't. If you have a CEO head coach, look, that's their job. That's their specialty. That's what Bill's specialty is, is that just managing the game. Then you expect that that's what I'm paying for. But if you hire, say, a Kyle Shanahan or or even a Josh McDaniels, and I think this is something that McDaniels could use in Vegas, is that you know somebody who just helps you manage the game. Because I, th- I th- you're just leaving points. You're leaving wins on the board by not being able to do that you're, you're going to have all these analytic guys giving you an edge there this is even bigger absolutely absolute game flow uh you know and clocks that's not related to the analytics i don't know just that thing i thought was belichick's strength but if he can't even get to these games to use that strength what is the point that's sort of where i'm at like i mean in a big game a one-off kind of thing i'd take belichick over shanahan any day of the week or Zach Taylor, or Nick Sirianni, that knob. Like, if one game, it's like a no-brainer. Okay, but now I'm the first day of training camp, and I'm starting out a season. Who do I trust to run a modern offense and have a more modern sort of operation to get me to that place in the, you know to get, to get me to that game in the first place right and because of the way the game has gone i think you want those younger guys because bill's still the bill the big advantage for belichick is he's not going to pee it down his leg like kyle shanahan has done time and again in these big games and some of these other younger guys but in terms of like install of a new offense new ideas like i just i think he's not that guy anymore. i think this i think this offseason example of the crafts seeing you know maybe maybe a little bit robert maybe more jonathan realizing like look bill at 77 he's gonna be 71 this year in a couple months uh you know he's not seeing things like he used to so this is us helping we're, we're helping bill help himself in terms of bill you know you're not gonna acknowledge this but 
you know, when you were in your prime, look at what you were surrounded by. And look what you were able to do in terms of giving us a huge advantage in terms of game management and just knowing what the flow of the game was. And that has slipped. And we're trying to help you. And Bill O'Brien being here at least helps you get out of the offensive game where, you know, when McDaniels was here, that allowed Bill to be on special teams to help coach them up, help Joe Judge be coached up and also on defense and that you know once that went away and bill had to spend all his time on offense the patriots fell down as a team greg uh, quickly back to that trenches conversation how far away are the patriots from being those teams line play both sides of the ball i don't think they're all that far away i i, I really don't i think that um i like the interior of the team yes cole strange had a rough rookie season but that i expect that you have to expect that he's not gonna especially coming from the level that he was at, he was not going to be, you know, a Pro Bowl guard in year one. But I do think, I think he has a very high ceiling. I think if you get a good line coach in here, I think he would have been a lot better this year with a better line blocking system. You know, like I said, I've said in the past, a player told me that if the Patriots just st- stuck with their their system for checks and things like that at the line, their sacks uh, pressures, negative plays would have been cut in half this year. So the coaching did the the offensive line a disservice. Um, so I think they'll they'll automatically be better. But they got to let O'Brien, I think, pick who he wants as an offensive line coach. I think that'll help. Trent Brown is under contract. I know people were a little bit disillusioned with him this year, and some of his penalties were a little bit alarming. But he's still a good, solid player. Like you know, he's a he's a good player. I would rather have him at right tackle. Now, can you find if you can find a left tackle, especially in the first round of the draft, and you have a good offensive line coach and you have a good coordinator that can scheme around that and give them help, I think the Patriots can be good on the offensive line very quickly. But the offensive line coach hiring, to me, is now the biggest thing on this team. And Where do you think they are with that? Well, we, there have been reports that, I guess, uh, Ryan Wendell, who used to be an offensive line lineman yeah. here. Who you said sarcastically two weeks ago, why don't they just bring in Ryan Wendell's and Surratt and all these ex-players? <laughs> well, and the next thing you know, he's on the interview list. Right. How was he yeah. with Buffalo? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he was assistant. an assistant yeah, offensive right. line coach. Yeah. But at least I know this about, you know, Wendy. You know, very smart player, tough. Um, w- was better because of his mind than his physical tools. He, he was nothing. You looked at him, you're like, that guy can't play. And the guy started, started a Super Bowl that the Patriots won. Um, he was under Scar, so he knows, you know, that side of it. And he was under him for a long time. And he has been coaching in the league. So, you know, I and O'Brien knows him well. I'm encouraged that O'Brien brought him in to speak to him because he was he was basically a starting offensive lineman while O'Brien was offensive coordinator here. So he thinks a lot of him. I, I just hope they talk to more guys. I hope they talk to Mike Devlin, who is O'Brien's offensive line coach in Houston, who who can O'Brien knows can do the job and do it well. They just they have to hit that that one out of the park. They really do. Okay, I promise. Your call's on all of it. You're all lined up. There's an open line if you want it at 617-779-0985. To you, after Murray's 90-second update, there are no commercials here.